Hello, everyone. Welcome back. You're listening to Perplexity, a mystery podcast, and I'm your host, Kadra. Thank you so much for being here. If you missed last week, I released episode two, which was a true crime episode all about T. Colin Davis. You definitely want to go back and listen to that if you didn't. That was such a crazy case, and I found out I had a personal connection to it as I was researching. So definitely go check that out. If you like the podcast and you haven't done so yet, be sure to leave a five-star review on Spotify. It's super easy. I recently discovered this. You don't even have to type anything. You literally just open the podcast like you're going to listen, and you just click the five-star rating option, and that's it takes two seconds. Same thing with following the podcast. Be sure to follow the podcast. Just hit the follow button so that you know when new episodes are coming on Spotify. Also, announcement, I did make the Gmail account. I was getting a lot of great requests, but through like multiple streams. So I was getting them through the Q&As at the end of episodes, like, hey, you should do this. Um, I was getting them on Facebook. I was getting requests through texts. So Just to kind of filter everything, I have now made this Gmail account. Please start sending requests to this Gmail. If you have a topic request or you also want to share a crazy story with me, you can now email me. The email is perplexitymysterypodcast at gmail.com. And I will be putting that email in the description of episodes from here on out as well. The story today was also a listener request. Keep the request coming, you guys. You been sending really great requests. I appreciate it so much. So yeah, feel free to send me those topic requests. I will add them to the queue. Before I tell you guys this story, due to the graphic nature of this information, listener discretion is advised. My sources for today's episode are a YouTube video from the channel CBS DFW, an article from The Washingtonian by Matt Blitz, an article from WBALTV.com, the podcast Lights Out, an article from Beltsville News, an article from HyattsvilleWire.com by Allison Beckwith, an article from ThePortalist.com by Oren Gray, and of course, Wikipedia. In October of 1971, Karen Hostler a journalist for the Prince George County News Division in Maryland, begins to write about a mysterious and unidentified creature she had learned about when going through the University of Maryland archives. The creature had been sighted throughout Maryland dozens of times, specifically off of Fletchertown Road beginning in the 1950s. Just two weeks later, Karen Hostler releases another article, but this time... The story involves not only the creature, but an alleged victim. The family, known as the Edwards, that were locals to Maryland, had recently lost their German shepherd dog after she disappeared from her pen in the backyard one evening. Flyers were hung up around the town, and people canvassed the neighborhood but found nothing. After a few days, a group of young men found the dog in a horrifying state near Fletchertown Road. The dog was not only dead, but missing its body. The decapitated head of the dog looked as if it had been sliced clean off. There were no signs of teeth marks or jagged cuts. The body of the German shepherd was never found. 
The same night the dog had disappeared, a group of teenage girls, including one of the Edwards' daughters, April, reported they heard strange noises, similar to high-pitched squealing, and had also seen a large, hairy creature, about six feet tall, walking on its hind legs. This would be one of the first alleged attacks perpetrated by the Goatman to be published in the media. On November 30th, 1971, the story of the Goatman grew bigger, reaching far and wide throughout the United States when the story reached the Washington Post. The article identified the young men who had found the German Shepherd dog as Ray Hayden, John Hayden, and Willie Gein. The article also discusses how Prince George County's police had been receiving more recent calls about Goatman sightings. John Hayden and his friends also reported they had seen a tall, two-legged hairy creature the same night the Edwards family dog disappeared while they were out in the woods. So there's a lot of variations of this legend of the Goatman. There have also been sightings of the Goatman in other states in the United States, such as Texas, Kentucky, and Louisiana. But today I'm mostly going to be focusing on the Goatman of Maryland, since that seems to be where the most sightings are and where this story may have originated. A few common legends. The first is that the Goatman was at first a goat herder who lost his mind after he found his flock dead because of a bunch of teenagers that had killed the goats, and then he fled to the woods. Another theory is that the Goatman is similar to Bigfoot, He's a a cryptid, a mythical beast that roams the earth with these magical powers. Similar to Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster. Some people also say he has the ability to shapeshift. Others believe that the Goatman was the end result of an experiment gone wrong at the the Beltsville Research Agricultural Center. The Beltsville Research Agricultural Center, or BARC, is right by the wooded area and Fletchertown Road uh, in Maryland, where a lot of these sightings are and where they found the German shepherd head. It seems like most Maryland residents believe this last theory. If you live in this area, you've probably heard of the Goatman legend. It seems like a lot of the stories I read talked about how it's very common in Maryland for the legend of the Goatman to be passed down from generations, and a lot of high schoolers hear this legend. But whatever the origin of this story, people can't deny the fascination of it. People say he lives alone in the woods, biding his time. They describe him as a cryptid, half man, half goat, standing anywhere from six to eight feet tall, with a long human torso, goat-like legs with hooves, a goat head with horns and glowing red eyes. He carries a hatchet with him and is known to often prey on animals, teenagers, young adults, and young couples. Legends of the Goatman go all the way back to the 16th century. The Piscataua people, a Native American tribe that lived in the same region that would later become Maryland, believed in a shape-shifting creature that could take the forms of various animals. This creature was described as a large, fur-covered man with animal-like qualities. To me, 
this also sounds like it could be a skinwalker, which I am definitely going to do an episode on skinwalkers at some point. I have heard so many crazy stories about skinwalkers. So like I said, it seems like most sightings of the Goatman have been in Maryland, specifically in Beltsville, Maryland, and Bowie, Maryland. So people often call him the Goatman of Maryland. Now, Beltsville is a small town. It's just over seven square miles, and there's plenty of wooded areas around. Fletchertown Road, where the German Shepherd dog's head was found, is located in Bowie, Maryland. Fletchertown Road is about 1.7 miles long, and it runs along a park, Northridge Park, and Lake Evan. Like many legends, there is some truth. Beltsville, Maryland is named after a man named Truman Belt. In 1835, a rail line was constructed to connect this area to Washington, D.C. and Baltimore. And this rail line attracted a lot more visitors to Beltsville, which helped the town thrive. This sparked the opening of the Beltsville Agricultural Research Center, also known as BARC, in 1910. BARC is the largest agricultural research center in the world. It's also known that in the early 1900s, there began to be many research studies and experiments done on animals, which is horrible, including DNA modification. Now, this research led to the discovery of many new forms of life and advancements in population genetics. There were a lot of discoveries at Bark, but some of the things they succeeded in, just to name a few, was uh, breeding cows to produce more milk, making pigs leaner, making turkeys smaller, making eggs more large and well-shaped, and making eggs more likely to hatch a chick. Researchers also made the same types of genetic changes to a wide variety of plants and frequently worked with natural chemicals, disease-causing organisms, and newly discovered untested substances. One of the things that Bark researchers really wanted to figure out was an effective way to remove worm parasites from farm animals. So from 1930 to 1939, Bark studied the effects of various drugs on horses, sheep, pigs, and goats. Building 434 at the Bark facility became known as the Goat Barn. This area was completely surrounded by open fields and only accessible from an unnamed road off Power Mill Road in Beltsville. And due to the known history that the United States has with animal and human experimentation since the 1800s, people are often cynical about what types of experiments may have been conducted at Bark that we didn't know about. In the 1930s, there was this scientist in California, so we're going to the other side of the U.S. here. This scientist's name was Dr. Leo Stanley. Now, Stanley was a scientist and a doctor. He studied to be a medical doctor at Cooper Medical College in San Francisco for four years, and Medical training back then was very different and a lot more limited than it is now. Stanley had no surgical experience whatsoever, but this did not stop him from being hired 
as the chief surgeon at San Quentin State Prison. Now, Stanley had some incredibly distorted beliefs. This guy was awful. He believed that diseases, particularly endocrine diseases, were the cause of crime, and he became a strong supporter in what was known as testicle grafting. So this is disgusting, you guys. Um, it was a popular theory that's been debunked, thank God, uh, but it was very popular in the late 1800s and early 1900s, and the theory was that testicular grafting would cause male rejuvenation and age reversal. But Stanley combined these theories with his racist and classist beliefs, and he decided he was going to do these testicle grafting experiments on prisoners at San Quentin. He implanted the testicles of boars, rams, and goats into prisoners without their consent. Stanley also believed that these horrific experiments could cure ailments like pedophilia, depression, asthma. One of the other things he did was he forcibly sterilized inmates. He also encouraged voluntary sterilization, and this resulted in about 600 total sterilizations at San Quentin by the time it was 1940. Amongst those targeted for sterilization were gay and bisexual inmates as well. Now, the reason why this is important and it connects to the goat man is because experiments like what Dr. Stanley did started to spark interest in the scientific community at this time across the country. So it wasn't long before animal experiments at Bark supposedly ramped up to another level. So this is where the legend starts. And it's hard to corroborate these stories, but the legend goes that animal and human DNA crossbreeding experiments began at Bark, and there was a scientist there named Dr. Stephen Fletcher who allegedly confessed to conducting DNA research where he would cross goat DNA with the human DNA of his assistant, William Lotsford. Apparently, this experiment went horribly wrong resulting in the alleged creation of a man-goat hybrid that had heightened aggression and strength. This hybrid escaped the laboratory, and no one was able to catch it. Some say this experiment may have been an attempt to create a more powerful being that could be used as a military weapon, since this occurred not long after World War I and just before World War II. There was also a theory that this experiment was done by Dr. Stephen Fletcher on himself and that it was actually him who was transformed into the goat man. So what have been some of the other goat man sightings? I'm not going to tell you guys all of them because I found a lot actually, specifically in Maryland, but I'm going to tell you several that stuck out to me. So in the summer of 1957, in the woods of Maryland, there were several sightings by teenagers and young couples of a large creature that stood on its hind legs with red beady eyes. In one story, a teenage couple reported parking their car off the road in the woods. A little while later, they heard a loud bang on the hood of their car. They peered up to see a large man-like beast looking directly at them. 
it was grasping something in its hand that appeared to be an axe. There was another story about Mr. and Mrs. Raverty Gardner from Upper Marlboro, which is close to where these sightings always are. And the gardeners reported pulling into their driveway one evening when something blocked their path. It resembled a gorilla with red eyes. Mr. Gardner tapped the creature with the front bumper of his car. This creature immediately engaged them, and Mr. Gardner put the car in reverse, speeding out of the driveway. The creature chased after their car for some time. There was another story about how when a dog was found murdered, the residents of Prince George County became enraged and started a massive hunt for this perpetrator. Many believed it could have been the goat man. Members of the Upper Marlboro Fire Department and local hunters went into the woods with shotguns. They searched for days but found nothing. The local police department declared it had been a hoax. The police blamed the sightings and the dog's death on a large, rabid chow chow, which for those of you who don't know, a chow chow is a large dog breed, and it's similar to a a small lion. People searching for this creature believed the police and stopped searching. In the 1960s, a young couple parked on Fletchertown Road in Bowie kept seeing something move in the shadows near the woods. The couple felt as if they were being watched. The young man decided to get out of the car and investigate, thinking it may be some creepy peeping Tom. The young woman waited and waited inside the car, but when the young man didn't return, she became concerned. She ended up not hearing from him all night and decided to report him missing. The story goes that when the police went into the woods to look for him, they found this young man's severed head hanging from a tree, and they never found his body. In 1962, it's believed that a large group of hikers in the area came upon a cave where the goat man was living. The goat man used his axe to allegedly murder the hikers and chop them up killing 12 children and two adults. A few survivors got away, and when the investigators went to the cave, they found blood, entrails, and hacked-up limbs scattered across the cave floor. Survivors described noises that the goat man made as, quote, noises only the devil could make himself. This sparked the belief that the goat man may actually be the devil or a demon sent from hell. In the summer of 1963, a couple walking in the woods in Huntington, Maryland, about 30 miles from Bowie, felt like they were being watched. The woman soon spotted a tall creature hiding amongst the leaves. It had human-like qualities and looked disheveled. They couldn't tell if it was a person or some type of large animal but it appeared to be a mixture between the two. In 1970, a woman tied her dog up outside for the night in the yard. She went inside and later heard her dog barking. When she peered outside, she saw a dark figure near the dog. The woman couldn't bring herself to go outside because she was so scared. When she went out to check in the morning, the dog was dead. The dog's head had been removed clean from the body. 
1971, a farmer in Huntington, Maryland, reported seeing a large creature with horns squatting on the ground, ripping the flesh from a dead pig. When the creature saw the farmer, it ran off into the woods. In another story, a police officer went missing on horseback. When a search party went out to look for him, they discovered, deep inside the woods, the horse's severed head and skinned legs. The rest of the horse's body and the police officer were never found. St. Mark, a middle school in Hyattsville, Maryland, is a popular place for Goatman sightings as well. Locals have even claimed to have found evidence of his presence. Behind the school, there is an abandoned house that sat vacant for at least 30 years. Some locals claim that the Goatman would stay in this house and stalk children from the school. People have found saws, knives, and bones outside of this abandoned house. Some people have even been brave enough to venture inside of this house and claimed they found animal carcasses and stolen scraps of food. Others claim to see the goat man sitting under the Crybaby Bridge late at night. This bridge is known as the Crybaby Bridge because of a young mother who allegedly lost her mind and threw her baby off of this bridge. Some locals say that if you sit under the bridge at night, you can sometimes hear a baby crying or the distinct scream of a goat. Others have even claimed to see the goat man under the bridge. So with all of these sightings and the national news spreading about the goat man, curiosity grew and grew. And in the 70s, it became a common practice in Maryland to actually go goat man hunting. After Friday night football games, dozens of teenagers would head out to the Fletchertown Road to drink, party, and search for the goat man. Men even formed hunting parties and patrolled the woods around Fletchertown Road to search for him. Adults would sometimes even take their children on these searches. 27 years after Ray Hayden, John Hayden, and William Gein found the decapitated head of the Edwards family dog, Ray claimed they made the whole goat man sighting up to scare someone. John Hayden is still adamant that he saw what he saw. Angela, the owner of the dog, also maintained that the story was completely true. She reports she saw something outside that night, and whatever it was, it murdered her dog. Ray has also said that the real goat man was actually a mentally ill homeless man named Abel or Albert, or Thompson, and that this man was supposedly buried in a cemetery outside of a Catholic church in Bowie. Amongst the headstones in this cemetery, no one is buried there by the name of Abel, Albert, or Thompson. So there have been countless people over the years claiming to see the goat man. Many times the goat man has been blamed for missing pets or missing mutilated livestock. In some personal accounts, People have also claimed to have seen the goat man throwing dogs off of an overpass and making a horrible howling sound. The goat man has even been blamed for a number of missing or murdered persons. So flashing forward now to more present times. In January of 2020, the USDA actually released a report recommending the demolition of several buildings from the Bark facility. Among these buildings to be demolished is 435A, an isolated barn that stands away from the other 400 clustered buildings. 
This building is associated with building 434, the infamous Goat Barn, which was left completely vacant in 2008. Since building 434 is a contributing feature of the Bark Historic District, it can't just be torn down. Under a revised assessment in July 2020, the USDA recommended renovating and expanding the goat barn to create a new poultry quarantine house. According to the Bark facility's most recent available map, building 435A was demolished, and building 434, the goat barn, is not even listed. Some people find it strange that the goat barn is suddenly gone. So in Texas, where I live, there's a bridge called the Old Alton Bridge, and it runs between Denton County and Cooper Canyon. This bridge has become known as Goatman's Bridge. It was built in 1884, and this bridge and the woods surrounding it have also become a well-known hotspot for Goatman sightings. The legend goes that if you go on the bridge, especially at night, and knock three times, you will summon the Goatman. You can also park your car on the bridge, turn off your lights, and honk three times. When people have gone to Goatman's Bridge, they have reported seeing glowing red eyes, smelling sulfur, smelling death, and hearing hoofbeats. And that, everybody, is the legend of the Goatman. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please be sure to leave a five-star review on Spotify and follow the podcast so you know when new episodes are coming. Remember, if you have topic requests or you want to share a crazy story with me, don't forget, you can now email me at perplexitymysterypodcast at gmail.com. I'll add your story to the queue. And the next time I do an episode, it will actually be after Christmas. So for those of you who celebrate Christmas, I hope you have a very Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everyone listening. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.